Hey, Tommy from The Run Testers, and welcome to The Run Testers Podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about lots of stuff, including the training and racing that we're doing at the moment, loads of information on the latest kit coming out, and we're going to be diving into a big talk about super trainers. So those are daily trainers or faster trainers that have a lot of tech in that you'd normally associate with super performance shoes. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Seiski. Now, if you're listening to this or watching this, you probably already know about Seiski, but if you don't, it's a brand that comes from Copenhagen and it designs really nice looking kit. So throughout the year, you'll get loads of different colorways, loads of different seasonal designs. And if you're into really fashionable looking running kit, Seiski is probably a good bet for you. The interesting thing about Seiski is that it's not just about looks though, because a lot of their kit is really well designed for performance. And Seiski have a focus on something they call everyday heroes, and that is athletes, sub-athletes, anyone really that wants to really get some great looking running kit that is designed for tackling stuff like sweat, the heat, all those things that you need when you're looking for performance in your running kit. The brand was set up in 2013 by Lars Peterson, the CEO, who was actually a pro windsurfer who wanted to take the ideas of the chilled out vibes that you get in those sorts of sports and bring it into the world of running to make it a little bit more accessible and enjoyable for people to buy a running kit. Seiski has also given us a discount for all of our listeners and readers. So if you want to get 15% off at the online store, you can use the code TRT15 and get yourself some nice kit. Right, let's dive in and do the podcast. Evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, evening. Very good, thank you. You? Very well. Thanks for asking. Just been out for a killer session. Yeah, I see you're looking nice and sweaty. I enjoy the video portion of the of the of the podcast for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not I've just had a shower. That's not sweat. Oh right. You just, just damp. I'm not coming straight in from a run. Not I'm not I'm not coming in fresh. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, good, good. Well, I might as well might as well jump in. I talked a bit a little bit there about training, but let's uh, jump into what we're all up to at the moment. Kieran, what's your vibe at the moment? Well, I'm I'm now what I think about three weeks away from doing the hundred mile Berlin Wall Ultra. So it's a ultra hundred miles long, hundred and sixty kilometers that tracks the. Um, where the Berlin Wall once stood, so it's the Berlin Wall Trail. So I am basically just getting lots of miles in each week, as many as I can, lots of long and slow. And my last major kind of training exercise, I'm going to try and run for 24 hours, but running something like two or three miles every hour for 24 hours to basically recreate the um, the conditions of being sleep-deprived, essentially, just get used to that running through the night. So I'll, only, yeah. I'll do about 50 miles and then but over 24 hours. Is it all all road, this Berlin Wall Trail, I assume, right? Or It's it's all it's all very flat. There is some sort of light off-road, but most of it's – there's quite a lot of tarmac from from what I understand, yeah. So, yeah, it's quite urban, okay. in fact. they, they um, You get very, very big uh, penalty, time penalties and punishments if you don't stop and obey the green man. So oh really? Ample yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, the ample <laughs> man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you're so getting very um, into these these road ultras, Kieran. Well, I love I like the flat, Tom. That's really you know every time oh, I've been to a mountain, it's handed me my ass, and you know I I uh, yeah I much prefer just trundling along the flat. So That's this is a good one. There can ever be is that this is a a, a fast hundred mile course to set a nice 
time you'll never be able to beat in the mountains i guess <laughs> it, sh- it, it ought to be yeah so for me i'll be very happy if i can finally or well, basically this is the second time i've done 100 get round in under 24 hours that would be the okay end. so yeah you nice. get a special belt buckle if you do so they take it away if you disobeyed one traffic signal. Though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. just one belt buckle. It's not different belt buckles for different times. <laughs> yeah. No, there's just one belt buckle. One, for, uh, well, one. Actually, it's one says twenty four, hundred miles in a day. Um, the other one doesn't. So you want the one that says 100, 100 miles in a day, or whatever the German for that is. Ein hundred Meilen in Einus Targus. Or I think there's penalties for bad German as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so that's me. So that's it then. No, you're not you're not planning your next one because it's not very far away. No, I'll I'll get round that one and we'll see where we go after that. Yeah. Meet like, meet I, someone else after the race who gives you an idea about another race to go to. <laughs> yeah, so you just basically just daisy chain the races from Come from, do the Iran Ultra, mate. That's the, that's the really big one. <laughs> well, yeah. Is, is it hilly though? That's the question. No, it's flat. No, no, no it'd be flat. It's, I think it's only yeah. like I think in each five mile loop, it's only 100 meters. So you're doing about yeah. a thousand. You're doing about 1100 total. Okay. I know the hill. Oh, yeah. It's not, not yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, well, let's talk about your, your big training plan for the ultra then, Nick. Well, I'm not really in a plan. I'm still in fairly new kid, quite relaxed running stage. I'm doing a couple of sessions a week, doing. My mileage is creeping up again after my various Achilles things. Doing a lot of calf raises. I can tell you that, lads. Doing a lot of calf raises. Mm. <laughs> um, and just generally looking after myself. I, I am going away for a week to the Gower, which is going to be a lot of nice trail runs. I was planning to do my uh, a really long run there for like a practice for the thing, do like a 50K. But that was, <laughs> I do want something quite interesting to test for that. And I was going to use a Nike Ultrafly and it hasn't landed yet. And now it's kind of like, well, maybe I'll just wait and do that with an interesting shoe. Because otherwise I'll probably just, I don't know, I might just go back and get out the speed goat or something. But won't do those views will it the old speed goat <laughs> uh, um so but yeah I, I do love the gower it's one of my i think i did a 30k run last time i was there it's the most beautiful run i think i've ever done in my life i think the weather's not gonna be as good this time but uh, i'm still planning to do planning to do quite a lot of nice trail running there and do maybe a 50k one day which would be the longest distance and time i've ever run so it'd be quite an interesting thing to do anyway mm-hmm. in a very nice spot to do it um and the airbnb is a hot tub so it seems like a good time to do this kind of thing <laughs> um, but yeah at the same time just and mooching you- just mooching really it's quite a relaxed summer very relaxed first year i've known you where you haven't got a big marathon coming up in the autumn no yeah i do i'll do the half i do my club championship half marathon the week before the ultra I do the ultra plushy plushy the big one plushy half great race in essex but it's. Just, I mean, at the moment, anything can get cancelled any day, depending on what's going on. And fit, I don't want to have the stress of trying to fit in really intense training. So London twenty four will be my next big marathon attempt, I think. Mm. Uh, as you, Tom, are oh, you're finally fit and doing the sessions again now? Once I well, fit, yeah, you're not fit, I, I, but uh, not you're injured. injured. Yeah, <laughs> I can run properly now, but I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm I'm getting I'm getting back there. I think I don't think I'm at my speediest over short distance, but yeah, I'm I'm hitting it hard at the moment now. Training six days a week. Nice. And Berlin, yeah, yeah, you get some long sessions straight back into them. And no, in Berlin, it's so you're still so Berlin's back on now. Berlin's fully on. Um, I'm all, I'm fully set on it. But PB, do you think now, or do you think you've lost too much time, or? Uh, I think a PB is possible. I originally wanted a two sub two fifty. I don't. I think I've lost too much time to to go for that. So I'd be happy with a sub three, but I, I might claw my way to a two five four, which would be a PB. Interesting, interesting. What shoe are you using? Do you know yet? You already had to start these doubts yet? 
I put a fair bit of doubt in your head just before Chicago last year. So. Well, it's a bit. Uh, well, uh, there's, I, don't, I don't. We don't know about any other shoes getting released. Race shoes coming up over the next couple of months. So won't be much now. I think everyone's done for the year. Potentially there'll be the New Balance. Haven't done, but they are usually later. I, mm. I, from what I, I don't have insider knowledge on this. So this is not like I'm scooping or anything. But I, I don't think Adidas are planning to update necessarily this year. So mm. don't know. Well, you, I really don't know. This what are you going to use for Berlin, Kieran? Both in Berlin, I, different distances. Well, I might, I might, I might shock you here because I'm seriously thinking about using the Kinvara Pro. <laughs> oh wow, that is a shock! It's <laughs> a long you, way to wear the Kinvara Pro. And do you know, do you know why though? Because I, I feel like um, that extra bit of cushioning that it gives. I, I don't know. I've got a feeling like it might just be the right shoe for that distance. Later on into that hundred mile, you need something that is going to feel a bit soft and a bit mushier so it's on the list but also i'm i'm thinking of um maybe even the triumph 21 for something a little bit firm i might even go for two shoes and change out yeah. halfway so you've got something that's a bit um a bit more racy if you want to call it that at the beginning and then something that's a bit sort of soft softer and more protective towards the end um, or mm. i might just go back and i might just go back and do basically because I, I trust it i might just go back to the speed three. Oh, okay um, you wouldn't do the uh, elite endorphin elite for that distance, you reckon? Then I, I don't think it's going to protect enough towards the end. No, I, I yeah. feel like that's the fifty-five miles now, anyway. I guess, <laughs> and they're, they're they're pretty beaten up. But also, you know, there's there's others Mac Mac Five, maybe even something like that. There's all those shoes are, are a consideration. Mm. It's got you've got to have something that is nice and wide in the toe box as well, though. That's my my bet for you was the Mac X, but I didn't think about the toe box actually. So yeah, yeah, I think mm. that'll be a bit tough too- decision. Cramped. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a difficult one, but yeah. Who have lost your nitro too? I'll say it now, just so the people who get really angry every time I mention it can get angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to edit that out because I can't handle it. <laughs> really, <laughs> really infuriates me. I mean, I, I'm tempted to do this 50k in Gower in that shoe now, just to just to wind people up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we jump on to running kit news, let's do. Oh, what have you got? He's got a little smile. What have you got for this this week, Tom? <laughs> I'm, I've been playing around. I've, uh, I've, I've basically run out of running facts. Um, I, I'm saving the celebrity marathon times. I've just got some marathon quiz questions for you. Okay. Well, running quiz questions. Right. And they're not necessarily the sort of questions that you might expect to be in. Like For people that are obsessed with running, they're more like general running ones. So that's uh, first one. In the 1994 movie Forrest Gump, how long does Forrest Gump keep running for? Nine months. Distance. I I gave a distance. It's like the whole country, isn't it? Yeah, nine months. Cross cross and back, isn't it? It goes twice, doesn't he? Or is it maybe just is it just like a year? Exactly a year, maybe. I was thinking about Forrest Gump the other day, actually. Oh, how well? I was. I actually the other day I saw there was the guy who um, became the real life Forrest Gump popped up on my Twitter as well. So there's a guy who actually became the first person to follow the course as it would have been. Mm. But I can't remember how long he ran for. It was um it's over a year I feel, but hmm. I'll I'll go for it. I'll go for eighteen months. Three years and two months. Oof. Oof. There you go. That is so surprising. Miles off. Mike would have got that. Yeah Gumpy Mike, did Mark, it. Mike watches Forrest Gump every weekend though. <laughs> <laughs> Gump must have done it slow then. This guy was definitely quicker than that, I think. I think Gump took the Eddie Izzard approach of stopping to chat to everyone and then just <laughs> basically make sure he was running constantly because he had to stop constantly to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the quiz question in a bit. 
Okay, so running kit news. It's been a little bit quiet, I think it's safe to say at the moment. And sometimes we have a massive influx of new things, but it's not not been really. Well, there's um, loads of super trainers, but not much, not much else, I guess. And yeah. we'll talk about them later. So. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just just dive in. I'm going through the list of uh, what we've been through here. Some of these things I don't actually know about. So, what's this UYN Italian kit? <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually it's got a very strange. I mean, the name. When I first heard about it, it's basically was it's new to me as well. It's an Italian brand. They're not very big in the UK. They're trying to grow the market, and it's spelt U Y N, but it's actually pronounced Win. And they do quite a lot of high performance apparel, basically lots for cycling, but also crossover into running for road running and trail running. Um, talking about kind of base layers and base layer shorts, socks, that kind of thing. And for me, I, I think it's quite interesting. The socks, a toe socks, a bit like in Gingies. I can't get on with those at all. Can't get them on my feet, but the products I've got in for testing, I think are interesting to me because they have this sort of same sort of technical fibers and fabric. It's a very close match to me for X-Bionic, which obviously the big um, the big Swiss brand that do really high-tech kind of heat gear and cool gear for running that are quite popular with the Desert Ultras and that. So that's why this has sort of sparked my attention. It's very soft, very mm. thick fabrics though. So I know, Nick, you've had a few of them into... You've actually had a run in them. Yeah, uh, I've been using the. Uh, I use t-shirt for a couple of runs, and it, it's like a base layer style t-shirt. It's like a real tight yeah. one, and I've actually taken to using it a lot on the uh, indoor bike. Uh, so maybe that's partly because it's good for you know keeping you cool and the very sweaty environment there. But I've got the trail running shorts in because, and they have two zip pockets on the side of the thigh, which is rare to see and a little bit of a little bit of a treat. I have to say, like, I like being on the zip. Two zip pockets. We know, we know, we normally have drop-in pockets on um, shorts on the side right. and the thighs. They're they're, they're dropping, but with zips. You know, yeah. Wow, secure! It's so secure, Tom. I mean, it's not actually that easy to undo zips on the run, but these are quite these are very well made zips, so it's okay. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting stuff. I also, I mean, we've been sending pictures of our feet. <laughs> I've been sending pictures of our feet to the group because I have insane toes that I uh, so toe socks are a bit tricky for me. Um, but I'm going to do my best to get them on at some point. I think I'll give toe socks a miss. Um, all right chorus has got a new uh heart rate monitor out i haven't got these no kieran you've got mine (laughs) i've got i've got got two so i've I've been wearing yours to test yours for you tom as well yeah thank you very much yeah it's an armband monitor which is you know it's always a bit interesting because chest strap is still the most accurate just because it's using electrical signals but it's uh it it, you know, they're a bit easier for some people armbands i mean it's i do like the fact basically it turns on automatically when you pull it on there's no buttons yeah. it's got a decent standby battery connects very easily i've used it now for a run a run and a bike ride and it has been a track for a run this was as well and it, uh, it was literally beat for beat with a heart rate chest strap so you know when you've got an optical monitor on the arm i think it works quite well even with my pipe cleaner arms i think if you've got more muscle it's even more accurate so it's just an interesting thing to come out because i don't know it's quite expensive you know, it's 79 dollars and I still, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at these, I don't mind wearing a chest strap. I suppose some people might just really hate it, but I, th- I think it's a quite a it's quite a high price point. It's, it seems like a good product, but Polar's Verity Sense is cheaper than that, and that's always been very reliable for me as well. Is it for cheaper? The Polar Verity Sense? I think it is. It's no, it's a little bit more. It's uh, RRP is ninety nine, so it's oh, I'm thinking of the UK price. Bucks. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that's well, it undercuts that, and it's a similar job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's and it's got slightly longer battery life. This as well. But it's a bit chunkier than the Verity Sense, isn't it? It's like a bit bulkier, but it looks like a whoop in in, yeah. in many ways. But it's much more accurate than a whoop, which is good because I found yeah. the whoop quite poor in accuracy. I do like it the fact you just pick it up and put it on, and it turns on, and that end connects, and you know there's no no fussing, which is quite nice. But um, 
I'm going to take it away and use it all this week when I'm away and not bother with the heart rate strap because I have to change the coin battery on my heart rate strap, which is always a bit of a faff, which obviously you don't get with this, but you do have to charge it more often than replace a coin battery. Lovely. <laughs> okay, Garmin updates. Garmin updates? Yeah. Have we got yeah. any Garmin updates? Did you put Did you put this down, Kieran? I, I did, and I, I have to confess that I don't know all the details. What I do know is that I've got a load of emails for different models of um, ah, 955. Oh, yeah. software updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a new new running dynamics kind of features and uh, mapping and various bits and pieces. Depending on which Garmin you already own, you can get access to different updates that are coming down. So things like the hill score and endurance score. Um, yeah, then they've rolled them back quite far. Like to the 955 yeah. is good because that is... The watch we think is... Is it the, the 955? Yeah, the 955 is still getting stuff, which is really good. Mm, um, very nice. And it is a bit of a departure from what we've seen from Garmin in the past, I'd say, because they've not always been, you know, so best is that, that. Is that going to make the, the Phoenix 7 as good as the Phoenix 7 Pro? Yes. Oh, should have got the Phoenix 7. I told I? you this several times when you were, when you were like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could have watched the 20 videos we did about the watch on the channel, but you refused to. You had no part in it. No, wasn't interested. <laughs> uh, wait, actually, no, would, would, but what size Phoenix 7 Pro did you get? 47. Okay, so yeah, that would know what it wouldn't be because you wouldn't get the flashlight in your order. And you love the flashlight, Tom, so the flashlight... Oh, thank oh, goodness. Yeah, I made the right choice. <laughs> and it's, and, and there's, no, there's not a lot of sunlight at the moment anyway, so I'm really making the best of it. <laughs> Uh, all right then, uh, Shocks Open Fit. We've got a review up on the channel now. The Open Fit. It's an interesting one. It's causing a lot of uh, comments and debate because I think it. I think it's, it's quite a, an interesting concept, but one that people aren't quite sure about yet, especially considering the price. It's it's a hefty hefty cost for these. What 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 did, what did you guys think to these in the in the review? Well, we when we and Kieran did this review together, I think we both kind of. Like we end up at the same place, but with quite different standards. I love these headphones. I think they're great, but the compromises you make at the price makes it a really hard sell. And then a lot of people, like Kieran, didn't get on with their fit and stuff, did you? Not not hugely. No, I found them a little, they wobbled around a little bit more than I would like. And and then, yeah, then you've got the kind of, the, the sound is much kind of more full. It's much louder than the bone conductors. But then it kind of cancels out the idea of the awareness, which is, one of the reasons mm. you'd be buying this kind of form factor. So I just found them, a, it's a bit confusing about the why, basically. Why would you want them? And and then, as Nick said, when you lump in that price, it just, it feels like you're making well, a few too many compromises for that spend. But When I was testing these out, for the first few runs, it was really windy. And I had the volume up full and I couldn't hear anything because as soon as you get wind in them, you can't hear anything. But when there's no wind, they're quite loud. So I didn't, for the first few runs, I was thinking, these are these are really quiet. But then as soon as the wind was gone, I suddenly realized, oh, actually, that it is quite loud. So I, there's definitely some thing. T- there's times when they work quite well and times when they don't. But I understand what you're saying about that awareness thing, because I was just out running in the in the park and somebody shouted at me from the running club and I couldn't hear him, which, mm. you know, yeah. might as well have normal headphones on. <laughs> yeah. One thing I haven't tested yet, though, is it, how loud they are if you're if somebody else is wearing them. Can you hear that sound? You cut, they, don't, they don't leak very much. I tried that with people around, and like most shocks, actually aren't too bad on that. But they're probably slightly better than bone conduction on that. Mm. But yeah, I, I really like a bit. But choice, looking at the choice out there, like for example, this I'm about to go away for a week. I'm going to need open headphones, and I just oh, I'm going to take the open run. I prefer the open run. I prefer the you know, the feel of them. The sound's mm. not much better on the well. The sound is a lot better on the um, open fit, but not better enough that makes me 
so I'll take you know the open run and then probably a set of inner headphones or something like that or a, so yeah it's uh I, I really like them got on them really well I thought they were fantastic I thought oh it's brilliant it's the nicest fit I've had in these and then you guys all started saying oh the fit's not really working that well I was like oh this is just a I, I like the fit I thought it, okay. I, I, it fit me well but I I don't like the fact that I can't feel them on my ears I like the I like the fact I like to know I've got headphones on because I'm constantly worried that I've dropped one all the time. If I've got not got them on, I'm constantly checking my ear to see if it's fallen off. Which I suppose is not a bad problem to have that you don't notice them on your ears. But yeah, I, I like yeah. having I like the the, the the band of the shocks because I know, I know it, where it is. Uh, yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I also found the battery life drained far quicker, and I think Mike had a few problems with that as well. That, then it reported, and that was another thing for me. It was kind of they seemed to they seemed to burn through a lot of juice pretty quickly. Yeah, but. you and Mike are the bass boys, and you 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 got rid of the uh, battery life quite quickly. I think when I because I was most listening to podcasts, it was all right. But when I did have a couple of days listening to music, it did certainly drain a bit quicker. Yeah. Hmm. All right then. Um, so this isn't a new one, but it's new to you, Nick, and you will not shut up about it. <laughs> the A6 Super Blast. Yeah, Super Blast, the shoe that's I think finally made me like you know stupidly high stack shoes it's uh it's just brilliant isn't it like i think it's um it just does it it's one of those things oh it does everything it does do everything like it's really comfortable you can go any pace in it it's i took it down the track and i, I openly like a uh, gushed after 200 meters of a rep going you can't feel anything in it. it's too obviously it's ridiculously high stack so i'd really know how fast i was running oh look at 200 meters it feels quite controlled i can't do that very quickly uh, to slow down for the rest of the rep but um i do think it's a just a really nice all-rounder shoe really expensive like a real luxury shoe it's one of those shoes that you know there's a lot of shoes we get on like, things like the convara pro i don't care i might use it for 100 mile but where i go oh, i don't really see why you're spending 200 quid on this shoe i don't really know what it does and i the super last the answer is just simply it, it is really fun to run in the shoe mm. to do almost anything and that is enough to make you know really maybe some people who got disposable income and have this insane enthusiasm for shoes to go and buy it because it does make a lot of runs really fun but yeah we'll probably do some verses so i get because obviously tom you've had it for a while and done the reviews but um it's a really interesting shoe and it's uh it's almost you can see now why uh asics refuses to put that foam across the rest of its training line <laughs> it's only in the super blast but that's their next card to play i guess if they next up when they next up at the meta speed we'll see the nimbus the car i guess all starting to get this turbo foam and because it's not an unstable foam but it is very bouncy mm. so it is kind of the best of both worlds give it in the super foam world in that it's just not you know it doesn't feel like it only belongs on carbon shoes it can do a bit of everything really yeah it's a great shoe very nice not sure kira would like it i don't know because it's it is it doesn't feel like you expect it to feel when you look at it it's because it isn't squishy i don't think it is should just, I, it is just I, bouncy should i be thinking about the 100 miler with it <laughs> should we just bounce I'll be, around I'll Berlin be top of my list for a 100 miler you got enough shoes on your yeah choice list <laughs> that i mean genuinely that would be the shoe i take if i was doing it right now yeah although it's uh yeah. i don't know i don't know if they've got the regs in your race because it is it is above regulations <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you've got them because that you know when you're testing loads of shoes you one that you really like if you get loads of shoes and you're testing them you, you sort of forget about it it falls down in the pile and you you, you you don't pick up so recently i've been picking up the met speed quite a lot and uh and I'm getting back into that now because I'm doing a lot more faster sessions, like intervals and stuff like that. And I'd forgotten about the Super Blast completely. And now I'm marathon training, doing a lot longer runs. I'm going to pull it back out again because when I was testing it before, I wasn't marathon training. Yeah. So um, I yeah. do feel Asics is having a really good year, actually, broadly speaking. I was thinking about this the other day because you know, last year we, we all raved about what Sockany was doing. We thought they had a really good year and they still got a few cars to play this year, I'm sure. But Asics this year feels like it's really nailing 
high cushion shoes that mm. aren't like, annoying to run in, I guess. Like even the, the like, gel Nimbus gel car, I know, quite, quite enjoyable shoes to run in. You know, I don't really think about the stack in the same way I have with other high stack shoes. And, mm. and then they've got the Magic Speed 3, which I think is a terrific plated alternative to the full super shoes metaspeed hasn't been updated but it's still just a, you know one of the best carbon shoes so and the super blast is just in a slightly different category and league of its own so yeah i think they're having a really strong year all around mm, i would agree i would agree right so from a brand that's having a really strong year to one that may be a little bit more questionable nike <laughs> yeah. what's going on well we've got we just got some cushion shoes in from nike and the Vomero is really interesting. Kieran, you've run in that. Oh, I, yeah, I'm keen to hear what you, because I've got it in too, and I'm looking forward to using it. What, do you, what have you been finding with that? Yeah, so I, I went out last night in it, actually, and I've got a cold, so I didn't really want to run, <laughs> but I had the thing that I had to go to. So it's one of those where, you, you you know, I was basically dragging myself around London, and I was just hoping and praying the shoe I've just put on is going to give me some help and, and make it a, a more pleasant experience. Initially, I found it a little bit soft and a little bit soggy. I was hoping that it would... You know, the cushioning, just a little bit sinky for my liking. And then after a couple of miles, actually, I just got into the roll with it. And I, I actually found there was there's just about enough kind of, it's more, it's like bounce basically coming back from the Zoomex. There's a little bit of punch coming back from it, which is, it's just enough to cancel out that initial kind of sort of slightly soggy landing. Um, yeah. Overall, I mean, the rest of it, you know, it's super plush, sort of, the uppers wrap nicely, super comfortable. All of that kind of step-in stuff is there and exactly what you want in a shoe that you're going to go and do, uh, you know, long, slow plods in, which I think is what this shoe is kind of aimed at. And by the end of the run, I, I found myself actually enjoying just clipping over nice and easy. I was running very sort of slow, really low paces, and I felt like I could run on in it. So they, I did about 10Ks in the end, so it's sort of very early impressions. It's a bit yeah. more... You know, if you if you're thinking about other easy shoes or whatever, you know, I, I'd put the sort of Nimbus and all these in this in the category there. It feels a bit more traditional as well. It's not it doesn't feel hugely high stacked, you know, it's it feels in the whole the silhouette, the shape, it it feels a bit more like a, a traditional running shoe, but with a bit of Yeah, I was I think I looked at the stack and it did surprise me how high it was. It looks like the Pegasus to me. It does look yeah. at a very similar like shaping to it and that but I think it's a bit higher, but it's like the least heralded of all of Nike's cushion shoes. The one mm. they seem to put this figure on but it looks the best to me on paper just because the infinity we've just started running and they've changed to make it really heavy and the foam has lost its i think the infinity had a pleasurable firmness to it that you could actually use the rocker and it just meant yeah. it was, the ride was all about the rocker and just rolling along whereas now they've made it a foam that's more energy returning but it's squishier and you get lost in it and it's muddy and it's really heavy and i only done one run of it more, more testing but wasn't that impressed Invincible three, we all thought who I Kieran who just hates it entirely, but we also thought it was better worse than the Invincible Two, which I think was a really fun shoe, had a lot of bounce to it. Seems to have lost that with the third one. And the Pegasus is fine, but you know, it's just fine. Whereas the Vomero, yeah, on paper looks like it, you know, it's got that Zoom X in the midsole, proper Zoom X, not recycled Zoom X, and then a layer of the old uh Cushlon foam underneath for a hopefully a nice dual density effect so it doesn't get too mushy by having just all Zoom X like on the Invincible. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting. I'm I'm quite excited. I'm going to take that away to use any on any road running I do while I'm away or off the trails are very dry. I'll take it on there as well. Um, but I, yeah, it's, it's I, quite a quiet release compared to some of the others. I, I think you kind of hit the nail there, Nick. It's that's that's kind of what I was trying to say. With a lot of the other shoes you've seen come along, they feel like a lot of shoe. There's quite a lot going on. You know, when you put on yeah. even the old Infinity, I haven't tried the new ones, but and that's why I didn't like the Invincible. It just feels interruptive to me. It's like a I'm very yeah. aware of it, and I think this one actually is more disappearing overall it just feels a little bit less but still cushioned and i yeah I'm, I'm really interested to do more miles in it actually yeah 
and it's it's also not outrageously heavy, which I know weight isn't everything in shoes, but Nike has got a bit of a thing going on with weight lately (laughs) where they just whack 50 grams onto the next version of a shoe. And it's like, that significantly changes the character of a shoe. Like, um, and it just, it was just really surprising. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I, I know. Like, I mean, it, it obviously might, it can't be an issue on the market at large. Maybe we'd just be kind of people who overrate this kind of thing, but it just really surprised me with, the, with infinity in particular to see it suddenly jump so much in weight on what was already a reasonably heavy shoe. All right. Well, do you want to finish this section with another quiz question? Do I? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, Athletes in the Chariots of Fire were taking part in which Olympic Games? Mm. Ooh. Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty tough one. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty tough old question yeah. there, Tom. Uh, Hazard a guess. Hazard a guess. Location. Nineteen fifty-two. Yeah, I'm going to say fifty. I was going to say fifty somewhere. Nineteen twenty-four, Paris, France. Oh, See, geez. I did think it was Paris, France, but I, I thought. Maybe I was thinking about when the uh, film came out. I don't know when it even came out, rather than when actually it was set. Mm. Yeah, 80s came out. Ah, good to yeah. know. No, I've not actually seen it, if I'm honest. I know, I know the story of the guy. Oh, that, what, I thought, would imagine that would be your favourite film. Uh, nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, all I want is a film about that marathon I sent you both, about the, the marathon at the 1904 Olympics, where um, like they, the guy like who won originally had a lift in the car and was waving to spectators for some of it and then they had to cancel it and the guy who actually won was carried over the line while they moved his feet like he was running <laughs> and uh, he dosed up on strychnine throughout the race as a performance dancer and yeah it's it uh, that's the one i want to talk about i'm obsessed that with does this. sound good that's uh, sound good. That, oh, there's so many things like the wicked or any article you read about it it does sound like a like a will ferrell uh, film where it's just there's a cast of characters there's just one guy like cutting like the legs of his trousers at the start line going maybe i should be in shorts and like they just got <laughs> two african guys who happened to be in the apartment you can run a marathon <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and one of them and i think it was the winner as well yeah ended up with like a really bad stomach because he was stealing he was scrumping apples along the way because there was no hydration on the course because they wanted to test what happened to people in extreme conditions without hydration and it was a really dusty road so they all like choked up their There's guts. There's got to be some sort of documentary <laughs> that exists for this. I know yeah I'm really keen to find out and um, if not yeah I'll, I'll write a spec script send it in to. Um, <laughs> it's gonna to, happen it sounds yeah. like Netflix should be definitely on that one. <laughs> all right let's uh, jump on to different gear. Hey guys, so super trainer is a term that is, uh, to be honest, I, I've never heard it before. This is this is this is what you call them, Nick. But they're, what, they're essentially versatile shoes with a lot of fancy tech in them. Yeah, basically, I think they're shoes that started as training partner shoes. Like the first batch of them were things like the Endorphin Speed Three. They were designed to be used as your training partner to a full carbon shoe, and they basically brought elements of the tech in carbon super shoes to training shoes. So super foams, you know, you know the lightest, bounciest foams that the brands have. Plates in particular, obviously rods with Adidas, and that's how I think of them. Super trainers are basically shoes you use for training that have elements of super shoe technology in them it's getting harder to specify them though because early on it was they were fast shoes and now actually people are really going down the more the all-rounder route with them and actually almost designing these trainers to use for easy runs more than anything else and it's getting a bit nebulous like do you even have to have a plate in them like the Asics Super Blast I kind of consider a super trainer but it doesn't have a plate in it but it does have Asics's best foam and then there's things like the Hoka Bondi X which I don't know what that shoe is for but I guess it's kind of a super trainer in the sense um 
So it's getting more nebulous, but yeah, the overall the overarching concept here is you're getting shoes from basically brands had these very expensive shoes that were quite a niche item. I think they thought this technology will apply really well to trainers and will sell a lot more of them as well. So now we've got these super trainers or I guess plated trainers is another word if you are excluding stuff without plates, but or as you call them, daily super shoes, Tom. Daily super <laughs> shoes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're they're now a massive area on the market, and some of I think the best shoes available are in this area. Mm. It's a trick. It's interesting you bring up things like the Bond IX. Yeah. I think there there is an element of this where just putting in some technology in a shoe is very marketable these days. Just yeah. saying, oh, we put a plate in it. Hawk could keep doing it by putting X on the end of shoes and sticking a plate in. Doesn't necessarily always work or need to be done. No. Um, so, Kieran, what what are they designed to do? These super trainers. Yeah, so I think Nick's covered off a few of the points. You know, they start out, some of them will be in kind of partners to the marathon kind of racing shoes. And I guess when those initial uh, plated shoes, super shoes came out for racing, a lot of them weren't particularly durable. So I think these kind of started to fill a gap where you had a shoe that was could handle more kind of daily mileage than some of those other shoes. Although now those sort of top-end shoes actually go for longer as well. I think we sort of saw a lot of people were basically spending quite a lot of money buying what we would consider ratios and actually using them for training as well. So I guess the big thing overall is these are designed to improve efficiency and, and running economy, right? We're looking at getting efficiency gains so that you can do all of your training or your racing and you can end it with your legs less beaten up so that you can train again and get more out of your training. That's essentially what they're designed to do. And I think, you know, initially you sort of think about these being shoes that you're using for your sort of top end sort of training sessions so your faster runs your faster sessions but actually i, I think they've broadened out and i overall you know I, i'm quite happy to run in a plated daily trainer across a whole range of my runs everything from really kind of slow and easy and long up to short and fast as well and they so they're starting to fill i think a, a far bigger sort of remit and i i even think and some people will drop down when i sort of say this they might not agree but I, you can race in a lot of these shoes now, I would argue. You know, if we're, we're talking about margins, but there are many shoes on the market I think lots of people could take and run a marathon in as well as doing all their training. To me, they kind of start to fit this role of a shoe that can do almost everything and give you added efficiency. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I almost think that the popularity and the performance of these maybe even took brands by surprise because it always was like everyone, whenever, when you pull on a carbon sheet for the first time, like when you, the original Vaporflight, it also just feels amazing. You are very fast, but also feels amazing. So the idea is, oh, they want to sell that feeling every day, you get to you get that feeling every day. And actually, like you say, they end up being shoes that you do use kind of for everything as a result because they are, you can just use them for everything. <laughs> and And then they've now probably started to try and, make them more niche again having initially gone for that all-rounder appeal and now they're probably keener to have them in a box so there's more of a rotation available and i mean i guess i guess for me the obvious sort of example which i'll bang on any given opportunity is is the danube you know a lot of people said to me what you're going to run the danube in the speed three which is obviously a plated one of the early sort of plated shoes and it just worked perfectly for that and it worked across all kind of paces that i was running and it was it did the right kind of job and i think yeah that that's where for me the sort of versatility kicks in as an example of this doesn't necessarily have to be just used for when you're doing your all-out intervals. Yeah, there. I think there's a. It's difficult with these shoes because with carb plate shoes, carb plate race shoes, you know, you know what the desired use for those shoes is straight away. Nobody's nobody's designing carb plate super shoes to run slowly in, but yeah. these new daily ones, it's a bit harder. And as a as a consumer, 
it's quite difficult to pick up these shoes because I think most people would still look at these shoes and go, oh, that's a fast training shoe. But it's it's not really the case now because I would you'd probably class shoes like you'd even go as far to say like the uh, uh, Invincible is in some ways one of these super trainers because it it's got a lot of it's got the highest end technology that that Nike's got and a lot of it in there and it's very specifically designed to do something that goes beyond what you'd find in most running shoes yeah it's difficult they are really hard to classify to me I think they've got to be able to go fast at times to really hit the box for me but there are some that are coming out that are just purely even ones with plates in that are designed much more for easier and I guess they are designed part of it is that they are more approachable more accessible to people than carbon shoes not only because of price but they're more stable are more durable they're better suited to uh, slower paces probably for some people so there is a lot of that going as well it's almost democratizing it but um we'll come on to talking about you know whether that, that they still have value as as those kind of shoes because some of them i think democratize it so much they don't really end up much different to just a normal old-fashioned cushion shoe which would probably mm. cost you half the price all right well let, let's 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 talk about the um going up against traditional trainers how, what, what how, how do they differ Really, it's like I was talking about at the top. They, they've got just some of those that that tech from the top shoes in there. So traditional, generally brands would have a different racing shoe to the rest of their lineup. I mean, in the old days, it probably actually wasn't that much different. It was just a, a lot less foam and stripped back. But you know, when the Vaporfly came out, that was all that stuff in that was confined to the Vaporfly, the plate, the Zoom X foam. Then the plate went to the Zoom Fly. They started to introduce Zoom foam, Zoom X foam to other shoes, and that's really what how they differ, I guess. From in the past, you'd have a trainer which would be built for to be comfortable you know, durable, relaxing, but now people are happy to spend a bit more and get a shoe that has the foam and the plates and the rods and the, you know, geometry and speed roll geometry in the case of Saucony, things like that, that ha- has that stuff that's come directly from the carbon racing shoes and is now being brought to training shoes. And here's, I play devil's advocate here with you. Yeah. Um, if you take something like the Hocken Mac 5, fantastic shoe for very versatile shoe. You can do a lot of stuff with it. There are various of these super trainers out there. I would still pick the Hocker Mac 5 over many of these super trainers. Is that does that suggest that there's still a, a there's not a massive difference between what you're going to get from from having some of this technology in it? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's uh, I think almost this was the year I thought super trainers were going to go interstellar and become everywhere, but I think almost they might be in danger of jumping the shark because I do think it actually some of the early ones that were absolutely amazing, like the Endorphins B3, we all loved. I thought that was what they were all going to be like, and that isn't the case at all. And actually, when you look at you know, more simple shoes, a lot of them do really good jobs. And I, yeah, I, yeah, certainly would agree with you, Tom. I don't think they're necessarily outperforming trainers as a rule. It really depends on the individual shoes. And they're definitely more expensive. Yeah, that's the other big difference. Yeah, yeah they're like twice the price. <laughs> no, they're, or at least, yeah, they're a fair bit pricier. Yeah. Do you know, um, the, the, other, the, other, the other thing that I look at as well is when you think about the, them in comparison to... I guess the super sort of race shoes is that they're shoes that when you look at them, you do feel a little bit more like, well, actually every day I'd want to put this on where there's plenty of the carbon race shoes where you think I can, I'll wear this for the three hours, or whatever I'm going to try and smash this marathon out in. And I'm, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll basically, that's okay, but I don't want to be putting that on every day. And I think they sort of bridge the gap with that. So you look at it, you know, even around the heel collars and the tongues and everything's a little bit more kind of plush and approachable and then, then I think the Mac X is a great example of where maybe that doesn't quite do that. When you look at the Mac Five, is a much more is a shoe you look at much more readily and sort of think I've for every day I want to wear that over and above the the Mac X, which to me is a bit kind of stripped back as well. So yeah, it's all for me again. It's getting a bit kind of muddied where that that, that sort of daily comfort for daily sessions, it's not necessarily happening with all of those shoes either. Yeah, and I'd also 
a lot of the carbon shoes now are better for you can actually just pull them on a lot of them if they haven't got too aggressive an upper or too you know limited an outsole there are certainly some of those that you could pull on every day and i think a lot of people are doing that and that's probably one of the reasons again they introduced these super trainers but i do think definitely that is definitely that approachability certainly because even with some of them like i really like like the boston and the magic speed three they almost feel too racy like an upper and a fit for a trainer for me and that's something that does differentiate them from the racing shoes a lot. They should try and make them a bit more approachable. Well, I, I've just, I, I'm doing a lot of intervals and fartleks and stuff at the moment. And I still, even though I've got lots of these super trainers, I generally will go, if I've got a hard session, I will still go for a calm plate ratio. And when I go out, if I'm just going out for an easy run, an hour long easy run, hour and a half easy run, I, I that's when I'll pick these shoes up. So I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I'm using them to the extent that, the, the technology suggests I should use them because I, I what I look for in these, if you look at the Mac X and things like that is I want to go out. I want to have a nice fun run, probably not going to run that fast, might run a little bit faster, but not much more than that. And I, I think that probably doesn't justify the cost and the technology that's in it. Well, I think there is a bit of a problem with real world, real world usage with these shoes is that a lot of people now have a couple of old pairs of carbon shoes kicking around that are still great for training sessions and, or have a pair of carbon shoes like they are using for their biggest sessions just to really get that massive boost. But yeah, if I was designing rotation from scratch, yeah, I'd, I'd probably pop a super trainer in it. But if I was picking from the shoes I have available, I'd go, okay, well, my uh, my Vaporfly 2s will be my workout shoe now and my Vaporfly 3s are racing kind of thing. That, that I think that is one area where they do struggle, especially with pricing because older carbon shoes are quite cheap. Well, not cheap, but cheaper than they are on the RLP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's... Uh, so- we talked a bit about the uh, sort of traditional trainers now, so let's delve a bit more into what the difference is between the the real calm plate super shoes and these new super trainers. Yeah, I guess, I guess we've covered off a few of them. Yeah, they tend to be a little bit heavier. I think you know the, the uppers tend to be a little less racy, generally speaking. That's the way they've been going. I think you tend to get a little bit more cushioned, a little bit more comfort overall, and they're designed for, for longer miles uh, over sort of day to day to day rather than sort of single stints. But um, yeah, and I I find they're yeah a little bit more cushioned, a little bit more protective overall. So they they've got that sort of added versatility. You like you said, Tom, for a lot of these you can be very happy running at very sort of easy paces in them, as well as sort of ticking up to fast. Where for me the the best carbon race shoes are the shoes that probably perform only when I'm running at my best in a way. If you know what I mean, it's like there are some shoes. This is why I'm a big fan of the old vapor flies. It's like you you really only had one way to run in them. So when you mm. wanted to go fast in them, you had to be on it. And then when you were, they worked really well. Yeah, I was just going to say to finish off that, I've then, I've then dismissed a whole swathe of shoes that have got brilliant versatility for race shoes as well. And that's a bonus. But yeah. I, I always think, as I think there is a, certainly an element of difference in geometry as well. And it's something that's not always easily apparent or very easy to explain sometimes with shoes. But I think a really good example of this is the new New Balance SC Trainer V2, which has a fuel cell, mid-cell foam, uh, carbon plate, uh, you know, a rocker design. It's all of which is exactly the same as the SC Elite V3. The SC Trainer is a lot heavier. They've probably got a slightly different formulation of fuel cell, but I think it's almost the geometry that makes a big difference there. And it's just night and day. The SC Trainer, the SC Elite, the racing shoe, feels very fast, really aggressive, pushes you onto your toes, really going for it. Similar stack height, same foam, same energy arc rocker in theory on the uh, training shoe, but it feels really much slower in transition, much more geared for sitting back and running slowly. And that's quite you know a difficult thing to do for brands. And I think some of them don't do it. Some of them make them very similar, like the Endorphin Speed and Pro uh, often have quite similar geometries, although 
varies with the various stack heights. But I think that New Balance one really explains sometimes how the trainers have been geared to handle that easy running just by making it a slower feeling shoe in the more comfortable way. All right. Let's talk about the big the big question, the big point that is probably a, a bit of a sticking point for most people, the price. Now the price this this is the major thing that's that's if if you if you're shopping sh- for shoes, you can pretty much instantly tell from the price tag if it's a, a super trainer nowadays. Mm. And that with, with quite a lot of them coming in almost at the same price as some or most of the uh, calm plate shoes at the moment. Mm. Um why are they so expensive? <laughs> It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just they've got that that super shoe sheen to them. Actually, originally they weren't that expensive because they were billed as training partner shoes. I think still the best uh, of these super trainers, things like the Endorphin Speed, the Adidas Boston Twelve, the Magic Speed, are priced a level below super shoes mm. according to their status. But now it feels like once you've got a high enough stack and have got some kind of foam or plate in there, you can do what you want with the pricing. But it, they are outrageous. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seems to me that the um, the, the the price the, the price of the shoes. Is actually, I mean, we live in we live in a world where everything's getting more expensive, far beyond probably what it needs to be. But if you look back at some of the things like the Hocker Rocket X, that was a very affordable shoe. Nowadays, I can't see it being that cheap. I think that would have they've whacked up the price quite a lot. That was a bit before its time, I think, before the before the big super trainer yeah. um, uh, boom. So I, I definitely, I'd definitely, I'd be surprised. I think it was 130, 140. 140. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was as more as a racing shoe, really, as, yeah. as um, and then. Uh, it feels like they, they're, they're some maybe they're being viewed a little bit as a license to print money because it's selling yeah. carbon and stuff technology to a wider audience than traditional super shoes, which probably are you know they don't feel niche to us because we spend so much time talking about them and see do races and see people using them, but they are still a relatively niche product, I'm sure. I guess the super shoes have raised the ceiling, right? The super shoes yeah. have given a bit, little bit of wiggle room. They've made a, a nice little area in the middle where these shoes can <laughs> neatly slot in. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean the carbon I that's where the Hoka Carbon X I think was only I think that was like 150, 130, 150 when that launched. And even now if you look back at that original one, you might say, well, is that just a is that really just a sort of a super daily trainer? <laughs> or was it a race? You know, there's like now if you look back at them, but yeah, you're right. I, I think brands are definitely feeling their way around this area a lot. I still remember talking to people two years after Vaporfly came out and they're going, Oh, it's a niche, it's a niche thing, it's not a thing. This this isn't gonna be popular and then racing to catch up and they realized that everyone was buying these shoes and i think now they're worried to get they don't want to get caught out on super trainers potentially and people coming in pretty pretty aggressive with their pricing strategy it's, it's a very i find it a vague area though like racing shoes carbon plate race shoes if you buy a racing shoe for 280 pounds and it makes you slightly faster you can equate the value of that to the money that's what people are, are paying for isn't it they're not going to get a ratio that makes them slower but, but with these daily shoes there's no actual quantifiable value to 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 the additional price which i think is going to be the tricky bit because what you know most people are just going oh yeah i had had a few all right runs it cost me 220 quid it's um it's a difficult proposition for people buying i was going to say that's a really interesting point because if you think about you know the original super shoes came out with a flurry of kind of research behind them right so you had that big four percent claim none of the none of the the daily super trainers, or whatever, I'm now Nick and Tom's. <laughs> the daily super, none of those have, have have that have any of that kind of evidence behind them yet, which is interesting yeah. because and they don't. And, and, just I, I think we'll all agree that they don't perform like that. That's the thing. I think I, that's the what, one where I really don't like about them, and some of them is that they're selling the idea of a super shoe to people who don't use traditional super shoes uh, either because they just don't find them approachable or they're too unstable. But they're, they're not delivering in the same way as super shoes. I mean, like you, you know, you are, you aren't getting the 
four percent, whatever it was at the start. You know, the efficiencies from some of them. That I think they are just quite nice training shoes. That's that's it's all they are. And if you're selling the idea that they've got a carbon plate in them, so they're going to do those same things, it's not always the case. Well, you, you look at you look at the Hocker Mac Five. Hmm. That the Hocker Mac Five. Everybody, we all love that shoe. People commenting on it saying they just need to put a plate in it, and it will hmm. be the best shoe in the world ever. You create the Hocker Mac X. It's not the Hocker Mac Five. It's a completely different shoe isn't it the way that's designed but for the general consumer that looks like a superior version of the fantastic hocker mac 5 which yeah. which is not it's 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 using the some technology to make it sound like it's a superior version um, and that's the risky bit because people are spending a lot of money although the, the mac x isn't the most expensive of them no yeah i mean i was they, by that. i thought the mac x was gonna be the best shoe of all time you know <laughs> um and i like it but it's like you say i don't like it more than the mac 5 necessarily and that's just a i know it just shows what you can do with couple of normal layers of foam but um yeah i i i came into this last couple of months really excited i was so looking forward to all of these shoes i thought they're all going to be my favorite shoes i love the endorphin speed so much i really like the magic speed and there's been a couple that i have loved like uh the boston 12 is a fantastic shoe you know, and it's the cheapest one of all of these but it does what it says on the tin you know it does what it says it's going to do super blast i think is a generally novel and exciting experience to use although whether it is a super trainer because hasn't got a plate who knows but overall, I've been left a little bit underwhelmed, actually, by this the new batch. Mm. And there's a lot of me thinking, oh, maybe you know, this is this is actually not a thing. And I've been overexcited. And you know, I like to get excited, so it's a bit of a shame. All right, yeah, let's I, finish I... off then with final question. Give us get two picks each. Give us two examples, good examples of super trainers that you rate. Kieran, go. Well, you know what I'm going to say straight. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the speed, the speed three. You know, it's one of the one of the early ones, one of the originals. I think it it's got brilliant versatility. It's lovely and lightweight, but it's balanced in terms of the comfort and cushioning. It's got pop. You can run easy in it. That's magic. I'm actually, I quite, I actually quite like the Mac X. I wish they called it something different so that it does. Mm-hmm. It may not draw on the same the comparisons that it gets with the Mac Five because I actually really enjoy running in it. I, I think it's quite a nice kind of racy shoe. Prefer it for. Uh, the faster end rather than the easier end but i'm really sort of happy to clip along in that shoe and i, I very much enjoyed it. it was one that i'd sort of happy slot into a, a rotation but th- those would be kind of my two as there's, there's a few that i haven't tested as well i haven't tested the boston 12 and i haven't tested the asics either so um yeah those would mm. be my picks i think i know what nick's gonna pick <laughs> well i for me a super trainer me it's got to go quick and it's got to be versatile that's what i think it is that you know it's a shoe that and the, the endorphin speed is still you know, the shoe that does that the best. Like I, I really clearly remember, you know, using the first version for a 5K all-out race in the morning one day, and then taking it out for a, an hour easy recovery run in the afternoon. It's just the shoes that I think can do that are quite, you know, small. And so, Endorphin Speed Three is still my top pick. I really do like. I'm talk more than two shoes because I'm going to be annoying now, but yeah, I really like the Boston Twelve in that category. But I, I, I have been pretty blown away by the Super Last. I've really enjoyed using it just for, just for so many different kinds of runs, and it's a shoe that. Uh, is expensive is a bit silly it's, 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 it feels like faintly ridiculous at times but i love using it and that is probably the other big ingredient of a super trainer you've got to love using it that's what it's trying to make it do it's trying to give you a semi-magical feel to a daily run and there are very few shoes that do that and super blast is kind of one of them how about you tom well i'm gonna have to go for the endorphin speed because it is <laughs> it is the it is the best of them i think i think it's, it's it still is it's like the the vapor fly of that uh super trainer world where it's just hold it held its own for so long with so many different brands trying to come up with their own version of it and it's it's still the best super blast i would have as well um but i think i think you're saying that super blast may not be a super trainer 
So that price, you, <laughs> yeah, you better expect it's a super trainer. But I think I think that's the thing as well. It's like it's the same with ratios and stuff. Carbon plate doesn't necessarily. It's not the the, the you know the thing that makes the difference. It's the foams, yeah. um, and the, the super blast. It's it's all in that foam. It to be honest, the super blast does feel like it's got a plate in. I'm surprised that it didn't have a plate in the first time I, I, I ran with it. It's got a really um, nice dual density midsize. It is very much to me like a souped up peg turbo almost from the past, where you've got that bouncier top layer over a firmer bottom layer. But the only other one I want to flag up, we are going to have a roundup soon and talk about these all in more detail. But I think if you're looking at it as a different brief, whereas these plated shoes are really cheaper alternatives to full racing shoes, the only one, the one that fits the bill the best for me on that front is probably actually the Magic Speed 3, which isn't actually that versatile. I think it is a very racy, very racy shoe indeed. And that is quite interesting. That is one other benefit of these, I suppose we didn't talk about so much, is like if you want to go and get a very, very good racing shoe but don't want to spend £220, the uh, Magic Speed 3 is £160, wherever it is. And actually at the park run I did in it at the weekend, produced very similar kind of times and performance to carbon shoes. And actually the people all around me at the front of that race were all in things like the Magic Speed, the Endorphin Speed. And it kind of becomes your like second tier racing shoe if you have a carbon shoe or even just your racing shoe if you don't want to spend huge money. All right. I think that covers us for super trainers. Yeah, big roundup coming next month when I'm back from Wales. We're going to talk about them in detail. Moan and praise and have a good time. Can't wait. And then we'll all pick the Endorphin Speed 3 at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, guys. So what have we got coming up in the next few weeks, months? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> running belts. We're going to be looking at running belts again. A popular a popular video from last year will be doing a reprise of that, where to stash your phone and your gels. I was just saying I worry it might lose popularity gonna... because we use shorts so much now with high storage shorts. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe belts are now old hat. We've made we've basically <laughs> yeah. moved on the trend, right? Well, so we got so uh best I'm gonna be doing a big daily shoes full list guide. Yeah, and I'll do one where we pick out our favourites, uh, a couple of daily shoe vids coming up because I think we've mm. now tested all of all of those. Uh, are we probably not far away from carbon shoe roundup season, actually, to be honest, because like I say, there's not too many of those coming up. Mm. Yeah, and then um, Ultrafly is going to be, in theory, on the agenda. We've got our first run video up from Jane. Kieran and I are... Still looking out the window, waiting for us to arrive. Hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs> um, Some point. Um, yeah, but that would be nice to have in um, because it's a nice time to go out and do nice long tests of that. Because yeah, it's a comfy shoe. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, if, uh, if you're interested to this and you want to contact us, you can email us at team at the runtesters You can find us on Instagram at the runtesters or at YouTube forward slash the runtesters. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll. Uh, be back next time. We will. That's it from us this month. Thanks a lot for listening. Don't forget to give us a subscribe on the podcast provider of your choice and leave us a review if you can, because then if you're enjoying this, other people can find it. Thanks a lot for listening. Catch you next time. This episode of the podcast was presented by Tom Wheatley, Kieran Alger, and Nick harris Bright. The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley. The music was by Fear of Tigers.